I'm not pulling my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the drive to work at home edition. Okay, so today uh, I'm going to talk about a concept that uh, I've, I've yet to do a podcast on, but it's become something we've been talking a lot on my blog, which is iconics and characteristic creatures. What are those? Why do they exist? Uh, I will talk about that today and, and walk through sort of the history of what they are and what they mean and why we care about them. Okay, so uh, when Alpha came out, so Magic first came out back in 1993, um, there are a couple of cards that sort of drew attention to themselves. Uh, White had a card called Sarah Angel. Red had a card called Shivan Dragon. And Black had both Sanger Vampire and Lord of the Pit. Um, Green also had a card called Force of Nature. Um, so what we found was uh, there were definitely things that were sort of um, representative of a color in, in a cool way. That they were sort of big and brash and bold. And that they that something about them really just sort of em- embodied the color. So let me start with the Shivan Dragon. So... Richard Garfield so thought that the Shivan dragon, the dragons, were the embodiment of red that he put them in red, even though red really wasn't a flying color per se. Um, it just, you know, they breathe fire, they're wild, you know, it has sort of some of the, the chaotic nature. Um, and Richard was obviously doing fantasy, and dragons are, you know, a, a huge thing in fantasy. And that, it just, it felt red to him. So Shivan Dragon was stuck in red. Um, and there was something about it that, like, part of the idea of an iconic, which is, uh, I'll talk about the iconics first, then we'll get to the characteristics. Um, part of the idea of an iconic is the sense of having creatures that so embody what the color is and that that are hitting sort of things people know that it's just this loud, bold statement about what a color represents. And that from the very beginning, like Shivan Dragon was kind of like the, the face for red. Uh, and when Alpha came out, Shivan Dragon was one of the most popular cards. It's very exciting. And it really put this neat sort of face on, on red and in a way that was very popular. And, you know, it was a card people were excited for. It, it archetypally made sense. Like all, everything about it just really all came together. That Shivan Dragon was like the embodiment of red. Now, in white, um, now, Shivan Dragon was a rare card. The next card I'm talking about actually was an uncommon, uh, Sarah Angel. But Sarah Angel did something similarly for White in that it was a character that people, you know, it was a card people were drawn to, and it was an angel, and it just embodied sort of the essence of what White wanted to be. That White was all about, you know, trying to do right by things and, and caring about things and defending things. And, you know, the, the, the idea of the battle angel that Richard had come up with to be the Sarah Angel really had the sense of it. It just seemed like it embodied the essence of white in a way that was really cool. Um, now, black, black was in a weird state that there were two different cards that really drew people's attention. One was Sanger Vampire. So Sanger Vampire was um, an uncommon. Oh, so re- actually, real quickly, since not everybody, not everybody knows off the top of their head what all these cards are. Let, let me real quickly uh, say what all these cards do. So Shivan Dragon um, is a four red red, so five mana, uh, six mana total, two which is red, five five creature dragon. It's got flying and it's got fire breathing. Spend one red mana. Shivan Dragon gets plus one plus zero until end of turn. Um, Sarah Angel 
uh, is a three white white, so five mana total, four four creature angel. It's got flying and vigilance, although. Um, vigilance wasn't yet a thing when the set came out, so it, it was written out, but n- now it is flying vigilance. Um, Sanger Vampire, um, Sanger Vampire is, um, three black black for a four four creature vampire. It has flying, and whenever a creature dealt damage by Sanger Vampire this turn dies, put a plus one plus one counter on Sanger Vampire. So it feeds on the things. Uh, and then Lord of the Pit was four black black black. 7-7, seven, seven. Um, so this is the original alpha text here, Flying Trample, you must sacrifice one of your own creatures during upkeep, or Lord of the Pit deals does 7 damage to you. You may still attack with Lord of the Pit even if you fail to sacrifice a creature. Um, okay, so Shivan Dragon and Sarah Angel really were the embodiments of their colors in a way that was very clean and loud. Um, there were two different black creatures. Sanger Vampire was a vampire that feeds on creatures. Uh, and Lord of the Pit was this demon that you're sacrificing things to. Both of them felt very, very black. And in slightly different ways, but they, they both felt very black. Um, so one of the things early on when we were sort of thinking about how, how magic was approached, that there was something really clean about how certain things came out. How, like, Shiv and Dragon, we, you know... We could put a dragon in most sets and it would just be the embodiment of what red was. Um, so the idea of the iconics, it, it, the idea of iconic creatures didn't start, like, it wasn't like when Richard made this, the game, he's like, there must be iconic creatures. Because he didn't, he would have made a cycle of them, he didn't. Um, mostly what happened was Richard just made cool individual cards and certain cards sort of stood out. Um, so in 95, this is uh, after I came to Wizards, um, we started talking about how cool it was that red had Shivan Dragon and white had Sarah Angel. And that, uh, you know, could all the colors have something as clean and as simple as that? Uh, the problem was blue and green really didn't have anything nearly uh, that, that matched that. And black had two things. We weren't quite sure what to do with that. Um, so one of the things we did is, okay, we said, what does an iconic creature want to be? What's the point? Why do we want an iconic creature? And what we said is, we like the idea that there's a creature, something that's understood, that's not a made-up creature, that's not brand new to magic. It's, hey, hey, person who's new to magic, here's the thing you, you, you probably already understand. You know what a dragon is. You know what an angel is. You're like, they're... There are things that have a, a fantasy element to them, but they're familiar. That was, that was the first part. They had to be familiar. People had to know what they were. And something about them had to really play into the essence of what the philosophy was. You know, that the, the dragons had that sense of chaos about them, uh, you know, that they breed fire, that they, they everything about them really emanated what red felt like. Or uh, the angels is, is this trying to do good and it's a protector and it's trying to help, you know, really had a lot of sense of what white was. Um, so we liked this idea of there being iconic creatures, but when we first came up with the concept, it just was incomplete. It's like, well, we have two of them that are working really good. Could every color have a dragon and an angel? Could we do that? Um, and the idea being is the reason we wanted to do it was magic likes to live in cycles. Magic is all about breaking into five. We like to have something clean and simple that we could do that demonstrated that. And so um, 
back back in ninety five, the, the idea came up of like, is this something we could do? Um, and it was sort of a problem we wanted to solve. It, it was sort of the idea of iconic kind of creatures were it'd be great if we could do this, but we knew we had a lot of work to do because. You know, blue and green had nothing, and black, you know, we we had to figure out. And But white and red, we're like, okay, white and red, we have two. We dreamed if we have two, we can get to five. That's what we thought. Okay, so first let's talk about the black problem. So black's problem was an embarrassment of riches. Uh, unlike blue, blue and green had nothing, black had two. Um, vampires and demons both hit what we wanted. Uh, they're all over pop culture. You, you know what vampires are. You know what demons are. Um both of them have qualities. I mean, once again, they play in slightly different qualities, but they play in qualities that do seem to embody what the color is. Um, eventually, what happened was we decided that demons made a little more sense iconic. Um, and then I'll get into the characteristics. The characteristics have to do with lower rarity. We realized that it was more fun to like have a whole deck full of vampires, that vampires make, make more sense as a characteristic race than an iconic race. And so we decided that demons... Demons were the, the right choice, that, that there was a place for vampires, vampires are really cool, but that demons had a little more of a, a grandiose element to them. Um, demons versus Angel had a little bit of a, a nice icon to them for enemy colors. Um, and, a, and a demon really had the sense of, um, you know, a lot of black is you want power, but you're making dangerous choices to get that power. And, you know, a demon seemed to be, really be the embodiment of that idea that, you know, dealing with, with the demon is, you know, there's great risk. The demon is going to try to, you know, get what it wants and whatever it needs, but it'll tempt you. And, you know, it. anyway, we felt that the, the, the demon did a good job. So, okay, okay, we have three of them. Dragon, angel, demon. Okay, all we need now is just get green and, and blue. Um, what we found, though, was, so what we started doing is we said, okay, what, what could be the embodiment? So for blue, we're like, okay, we really want to get the, the intelligence, the, the quest for knowledge. Um, uh, so we, we looked around, and the other thing that we decided is, the idea of an iconic is we wanted to be something that was kind of big. Um, not that they could only be rare, but the idea was that iconic should be the kind of thing that were special enough that... Mostly you saw them in rare. Maybe once while we made uncommon. Um, the general thought at the time is that iconics mostly shouldn't be common. They, they want to be something that feels a little bit more special than showing up at common. Um, okay, so Blue wanted something that was knowledgeable, that had some stuff of intelligence. You know, the, the essence of what Blue is. Um, we looked at gin because there's a little bit about, like, the craftiness of a gin. Um, and Mahamori Jin had been an alpha, and it wasn't quite to the level of some of the other cards I named. Um, oh, real quickly, uh, Mahamori Jin, since when I mentioned these, I'm trying to, uh, hold a second. Mahamori Jin, uh, is blue. Um, so it is, where is it? Um, uh, four blue, blue for a five, six flying creature, creature Jin. Um, the problem we had with Mahamoni Jin was that a Jin felt a little, um, it, there were like worlds where Jins made sense and other worlds where it didn't quite fit as well. Um, for some reason, like dragons just seemed a little more universal. Um, but we, we, we experimented with Jins. We liked the idea of Jin, the idea of the Jins granting you wishes and things. And so... We experimented a little bit with gins, and it didn't didn't quite pan out the way we had hoped. Um, uh, 
So we looked at other things to try to find stuff for blue, um, but we were struggling because, um, like, for example, one of the big blue things was stuff like serpents. And I'm like, well, you know, a serpent, like, not every iconic needs to necessarily be smart, but blue is the essence of knowledge and intellect. So I felt like, you know, it's, it's iconic needed to be smart. And so we struggled. We weren't quite sure what, what to do. Um, meanwhile, we were doing the same experiment with green. Um, I think the first one we lagged onto is what if we was tree folk? Like what's more nature than trees, right? Um, but I think what we found is tree folks just kind of function better at low rarity that they showed up. Um, and we try to make sort of dramatic tree folk, um, like Doran was doing some of this period where we were trying to make tree folk into exciting and it never quite had the appeal. Like the, the thing about the iconics is um, you want something that just sort of speaks to people at a guttural level. Um, we tried worms. We tried dinosaurs. Um, we tried a bunch of different things. And, and you know, we would we would say, how about this? And we'd make a rare and then and, and, and multiple sets and try to gauge what people thought. And um, so we struggled for blue and green for years. For years we struggled with blue and green. Um so the solution to green, the interesting thing for green was um, the creature had existed since Alpha. Richard just didn't put it in green. Um, so the solution to green eventually was the Hydra. Um, so one of the big attributes of green is growth. And it's kind of wild. So like it made sense that like if, if there was an iconic that wasn't the smart one, that was just more of, you know, just did its thing, um, green made the most sense, you know, the, you know, there, there's a reason, I mean, there was no clear green iconic that just was a very smart, would chat with you sort of thing. Um, and, but we decided that green was more about sort of the wildness of green. Um, so anyway, the, Richard had made a Hydra, rock Hydra in red and alpha. Um, and it, it used the whole shtick of having counters for, um, here. Uh, it definitely had uh, the counter shtick for heads because a hydra is defined by its heads. Um, so let's see, where's rock hydra? Uh, rock hydra was X red red for a zero zero creature hydra. Rock hydra enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. For each one damage that will be dealt to a rock hydra, it has a plus one. Uh, if it has a plus one counter on it, remove plus one counter from it and prevent that one damage. And then for one red, prevent the next one damage to be dealt to Rock Hydra this turn. Red, 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 put a plus one, plus one counter on Rock Hydra, activate the ability during your upkeep. Um, I think I read you the... I didn't read you the original version. What was, was the alpha version? Uh, the alpha version was put X plus one counters, heads, on Hydra, heads in parentheses. Each point of damage Hydra suffers destroys one head unless R is spent. During upkeep, new heads may be grown for R, R, R apiece. Um, anyway... I think Richard recognized the coolness of the Hydra and that the Hydra is defined by sort of its heads. Um, but we realized that um, green was the color that wanted to, like, creatures with a variable in it, with an X in it, made the most sense in green. Green was the color that had best, uh, could ramp the best. Uh, and so we said, oh, what if we move Hydras to green? What if the idea of this creature that, you know, has all these heads and is in epitome of growth was green. Uh, and we tried that, and that actually worked. People really seemed to like the Hydra. Um, it had a cool definition. 
Um, which left blue. Uh, blue was tricky, and I, I, I think in the end we found something we liked, but kind of like uh, Hydra, not Hydra, kind of like, um, sorry, kind of like um, the gin. It didn't feel quite as universal, but um, but we like so the, the the Sphinx is what we ended up with. Um, so the Sphinx is from Greek mythology. Um, so like the riddle of the Sphinx. So the idea is the Sphinx would ask people things, and then um, you needed to know the answer to the riddle. So the the Sphinx really had this sense of caring about knowledge in a way that was cool and. We wanted Blue's Iconic to fly. It's not crucial that all of them fly. Green kind of didn't want to fly. Flying isn't really a green thing. Um, but we we felt like of all the Iconics, like Blue had to fly. And so Sphinx had this nice, nice marriage of it's kind of known for being smart and it flies. Uh, and it's something people know, you know, the, the Sphinx. Like the key for Iconics, uh, we experimented a little bit. Well, what if we made our own thing, just made something up? But it, Part of what you want for an iconic is that there's recognizability and understandability. Like one of the cool things for an iconic is to a new player when they see it, like seeing a dragon in red kind of helps understand what red is. But if it's a brand new creature you've never seen before, like uh, uh, both for iconics and for characteristics, um, the whole idea is that it's leaning into resonance. It's leaning to what people already know. Um, now, the concept of the iconics is something that was more about a means by which to demonstrate stuff. It's the kind of thing we would put maybe in a, like a core set. Um, it is definitely something that we think about in the sense that we try to make sure to get these creatures in where they make sense. Um, but it's a rare set actually that has all five of those in the same set. Um, you know, not every world has all of those. And so um, we use them where we can, and they're definitely the thing that we repeat more often. Um, Sphinx is probably the least used. Dragon is the most used. Um, but that's sort of the goal of, of what we try to do with them. Um, and I think the reason it uh, gets talked a lot about in my blog is there's a lot of structural things we do that add some nuance to what we're doing, but that how we use it isn't quite as harsh structurally as it might seem like we don't say every magic set must have a cycle of the iconics we, we don't do that um some worlds make sense to have some of the iconics and some don't so we put them where they make sense but if a world will make sense we, we would lean on making sure to have them and having a rare mythic rare of those that we they're definitely stuff we lean in a little bit to make uh things that are really exciting in that color um now we let me get to the characteristic races. Um, the characteristic races is a problem we've yet to. I mean, the, a lot of this is us trying to find something, and it's nice to have some stuff where there's some uh, you can cycle things out. Um, and so having something that makes sense for all the five colors is nice. But the fact we're thirty years in and we haven't quite cracked the characteristic one means that it's a puzzle we're trying to solve. But it's not. There's no easy answers. Um, okay, so. For characteristic races, uh, in Alpha, um, Richard made uh, three lords, meaning three uh, cards that encourage you to play other creatures of a certain creature type. Uh, and so those three ones were, first up, in blue, uh, Lord of the Pit. So Lord of the Pit uh, was blue... Oh, not Lord of the Pit, I'm sorry... Uh, Lord of Atlantis. Lord of Atlantis. So Lord of Atlantis was blue, blue. Uh, 
Creature Merfolk. So in Alpha, um, it wasn't originally, I think in, in the very first printing of it, it was uh, Summon Lord of Atlantis. Uh, and then later it was a Lord, back when we had Lord Creature Type, and eventually became a Merfolk Lord. Uh, I think the current version now is just a Merfolk. We, the, the word, so it went from Lord of Atlantis to Lord to Merfolk Lord to Merfolk. Um, anyway, the ability of the Lord of Atlantis is all Merfolk in play again. Island Walk and plus one, plus one while this card is in play. Island Walk is you can't be blocked if your opponent has an island. Um, Island Walk early in Magic was representing sort of things that lived in water. Um, and so we don't really do much Island Walk anymore. Um, but that is what Lord of Atlantis does. Um, and then, okay, so there was Lord of Atlantis. That was, uh, Merfolk. There was Goblin King. So Goblin King was one red red. Um, summon Goblin King. Uh, goblins in play gain Mountain Walk and plus one plus one while this card remains in play. So it granted plus one plus one in Mountain Walk. So can't be blocked if you have a mountain. And then there was... Oh, uh, what was the zombies called? Um, um, there was Zombie Master. One black, black, two, three. All zombies in play gain Swamp Walk and black regenerate for as long as it remains in play. Um, so the blue and red gave plus one, plus one. The, all three of them gave Land Walk of their opponent thing. Black, instead of giving plus one, plus one, did regeneration, which was weird because most of the early zombies had regeneration, so it was an odd thing to grant. Um, anyway, those were very popular early on in Magic and um, definitely sort of gave way to this idea of, oh, hey, there's typal themes. I want to make a merfolk deck, a goblin deck. Um, also in Alpha was Lano, uh, was uh, Lanowar Elves, single green mana, 1-1. One, one. It's an elf uh, and you tap it to add one green mana. Uh, that was also very iconic, and um, players very quickly asked us to do cards that cared about elves. Um, so what happened is, what we realized, uh, especially in blue, green, and red, black I'll get to in a second, black always has embarrassment riches, apparently. Um, so blue, green, and black, green had elves, red had goblins, blue had merfolk. Um, those were just very popular, and have since early Magic been popular and maintained popularity. I think that each one of them did a good job of just kind of representing from a ground level what the colors were. Like merfolk literally live in the ocean. You know, they're water-based and they're smart creatures and it just sort of captures the essence. Meanwhile, elves, you know, live in the forest and are all about communing with nature and, you know, really capture the essence of green. And goblins were chaotic and sort of wild and just did what they wanted and caused, you know, caused utter chaos. They had a red quality to them. Um, also, so zombies did a good job of being black. Um, you know, they, they literally are undead creatures. Um, and vampires, when we ended up pushing them down, also do a good job of being very characteristic, that they, they feed in other things. That they, they definitely have a lot of the qualities of black. Um, so characteristic, what we did is we said, okay, well, red is goblins, green is elves, blue is merfolk, black has both zombies and vampires, and we can use them accordingly as we see fit. Um, we never really found a great fit for white. We've been looking for white. So once again, like Iconic, the key to a characteristic race is that it has to be something that's resonant, that the players already know, and that embodies the essence of what the color is. Um, 
You know, the nice thing about goblins and elves and merfolk and zombies and vampires is if I show you a single card, you know what that concept is, you understand what it is, and it embodies its color in a way that's clear and simple and understandable. Um, and so the, the character races is just like, what's the coolest, cleanest way to represent that color? Now, the problem we had in white is we spent a lot of time looking at white um, once again, we want it to be resonant. We want it to be something that, but, you know, what exactly sort of embodies the essence of like the good of the group and stuff. Um, we've talked through all sorts of things. We, uh, dwarves sort of had a little bit of a problem in red. Like dwarves are, are nice and that dwarves are very recognizable and understandable. Uh, when Richard first made the game, he put dwarves in red because they live in the mountains and, you know, it, there's a lot about them that felt red. Um, but we said, oh, well, maybe, you know, the problem that dwarves had in red is goblins tended to eat up their spots because goblins are a little more popular than dwarves. And so if we wanted to put goblins and dwarves in the same set, that dwarves tend to lose out to the goblins. And so like, okay, well, maybe we could try goblins, uh, try dwarves in white. Uh, so, like, in Kaladesh, we had dwarves in white. And we've, we've definitely tried that experience. And not that we don't continue them in white, but they, they didn't quite catch on in the way that these other ones did. Um, there's things like the Leonin or the Loxodon, but those are sort of, like, animal creatures that don't quite have the, the clean residence we want. Um, we've talked about stuff like insects, because they have, they have a... Uh, hive mind, you know, the good of the group, but it, it doesn't quite have, the, you know, the personified insects. Uh, it, I don't know. It also, it doesn't quite feel as white as we want, even though philosophically there's some white there. Um, we we talked about doing halflings. I mean, obviously, Kithkin are kind of magic's halflings, um, but halflings are something that definitely show up, shows up in other um, other media, and there's there, there's there's definitely a sense of they band together. Um, but we, we, we've messed with Halflings a little bit. It's, it, it's, it's never done a great job of sort of capturing what we want. So like we've tried to really get a good white characteristic race and have just not fond like a lot of the idea of the iconics and the characteristics is something that just kind of feels right. And that you just sort of can make lots of cards and it, you know, just seeing the card again and again sort of informs you and educates you about the colors um, the default for white has kind of been human. Um, so whenever we do sort of, um, typal stuff, a lot of times whites end up being typal human. The problem with human is that a, the, the people who play the game are universally human or all human. Uh, and so humans show up in all the colors. They show up more in white and more of the typal stuff is in white, but humans show up in every color in most sets. There's been typo in other colors for humans. Um, it kind of feels like if we have to make a cycle, we'll do, use human, but uh, it is more out of necessity than it's the great answer. Um, and I will say the fact that we're 30 years in, like we've we've thought of everything. It's not like – some. I mean I'm, I'm sure I'll make this podcast and people go, oh, do you, just, do you think about such and such? If it existed magic, we've thought about it. We we went through and like a lot of these things, like with the iconics, we experimented some. We tried things. We did market research. You know, we we tried to make exciting sort of splashy rares out of them and see how people thought and did it in body. And we we've, we've done a lot of stuff trying to get there. So um, the iconics, we, we've gotten to a point where we're pretty happy. And like I said, this is as much for larger sort of structural way of thinking of things than practical. Um, other than maybe like a core set, it's not often that we'll do a cycle of exactly the iconics core sets have done them a little bit. Um, 
But it, it, most worlds just don't happen to have all five. They, they, not all five necessarily fit in every world. Um, dragons are the most popular of the five, and the ones that fit better in most places just because we're so fantasy-oriented, and dragons are very core fantasy. Um, so dragons have shown up in the most places, but we still have places that don't have dragons. Um, I think angels show up next and are also probably the second most popular of the Iconics. Um, anyway, uh, mostly today, the, 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 on my blog, there's been a lot of topics about, like, what's the right Iconic, or why are these Iconic, or what's, what can we do for character characteristic races? Um, and a lot of, like I said, it, in some ways, this is more of something that we... You want things to be clean and simple, and a lot of stuff in Magic, we've got to the point where it's clean and simple. Uh, not everything has gotten there, um, and I think it annoys people to like, have something be close but not quite. So uh, I get comments all the time about this. That's why. In fact, I assumed I had done this podcast. Uh, so I, when I we were talking about it, I'm like, oh, I, someone said, oh, have you ever done a podcast on this? I'm like, oh, I don't know. So I went and looked it up. And I'm like, I have not done a podcast on this. So that's why I did it today. Um, just sort of letting you in on sort of a, a different way to think about magic. And um, it, the iconics and the characteristic uh, creatures are not... It's not even absolute. It's not something we have to have. It's just something as we sort of structure magic and look how we structure, there's things we notice and observe. Um, and because I'm so open with this and because I've – the other thing is whenever I'm open with the public and I'm like, we haven't quite cracked this, I get infinite people trying to help me solve the problem. Um, but it's a lot of retreading of stuff that we've done. So um, if we find a solution, like, for example, to the white characters of race, I don't think it'll be, hey, this existed all the time and now we've done it. I, it might be something new that we stumble upon, but once again, 30 years in, I don't know. Anyway, uh, just to let you guys know, like, uh, um, the thought process on it and, and a lot of the thinking behind it and kind of what goals it's, it fills. Um, I'm sure the existence of this podcast will mean I'll have even more discussion on my, on my podcast. I'm sorry, on my blog about my podcast. Uh, but anyway, guys, it is I know I can I can, I can see my desk. Um, so uh, that means we have to wrap this up. So I hope you enjoyed this topic today. It's a little more just talking about the kind of things that we care about and the history of it, and it's definitely something that's evolved over many years. Um, but anyway, uh, I gotta go because I can see my desk. So we all know what that means it means it's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to make it magic. Hope you guys enjoyed today's conversation, and I'll see you next time. Bye bye.